1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, it says, For a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me. And the Amplified says, A great and promising one. And there are many adversaries. Uh, several weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, I started talking about opportunities. And I shared various points. Um, with regards to the opportunity, you notice here that Paul was saying, A great door of opportunity has opened up to me, but there are also many adversaries. Wherever there's opportunity, there are adversaries. You can't be surprised at that. Whenever there is competition, you're going to have competitors. Otherwise, it'd be easy. Everybody would be a millionaire. The, where, the, wherever there's product, there are a lot of people selling the product. And I, I have come to understand that it is not the best burger that gets sold. It's the best person that can market their burger. The reason why I'm saying that is, is a Jimbo's on Broadway has what I think one of the better burgers. I mean, really fat burgers. Delicious. With cheese. And, and lettuce and tomato and... And good stuff, man. Onions. I mean, what don't they have? Everything. They have burgers every way, shape, or form. But yet, if I look at their economy at the end of the year, it can't match. It can't touch McDonald's. And not for nothing, but I don't eat McDonald's burgers. I mean, I'm not criticizing anybody that does here. I just don't. I, I just don't eat cardboard. I mean, I don't eat thin cardboard. <laughs> No, the truth of the matter is Jimbo's burgers are better. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Jimbo's burgers are better than McDonald's burgers. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's good. At the end, of, when you come out of there, you come out like this, uh, full like this. You go, oh. if, I, if I eat at McDonald's, I just come out. But when I go to Jimbo's, I go, you know, you just, you just know you, you had something. You go, mm. Now, I'm not talking about you health buffs. You know, all you eat is vegetables and fruits, bird seed. I mean, you that's all you eat. I, I understand that, and that is better. I know it is. I, I'm not talking from that perspective, okay? Understand. I know that. I know you have to watch your, 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 the way you eat. I understand that. I'm just saying that if you market your stuff better, you make a better economy. But here's the challenge with that. We have been taught not to be investors, not to be savers. We have been taught to be consumers. And part of the problem in a consumer is just the word itself. The root word of consumer is consume. You consume it all and you're left with nothing. Whereas an investor takes seed, invests seed in the ground, doesn't eat the seed, puts the seed in the ground and eats from the harvest. Gets more seed, invests more, creates a whole forest in their backyard so that not only they can eat, now they can sell some, they can provide for their friends and family members. Uh, an investor con continually has a flow, whereas consumers eat and then they're hungry. See, so what I'm, what I'm saying is that there's opportunities out there, but there are adversaries and your adversaries don't want you to be profiting. They don't want you to be advancing. They don't want you to be promoted. They want to put you down. They, they want you to serve them. And the Bible makes it very clear. The rich rules over the lender. I mean, over the borrower, rather. So, if you're a borrower right now, if you're like this right now, you need to shift that. You need to become the lender. I got two amens and one mm-hmm. So, you, you guys don't think like investors then. You need to change that in the year 2013. Because it's going to be chock full of opportunities, but it's also going to be chock full of 
adversaries. So if you can discern your adversary, you can avoid your adversary. Or you can defeat your adversary and enter into the place of opportunity. Now, Paul did say this. He said, pray for me. He said, pray for me because a great door of opportunity has opened up. And in his case, his opportunity was being able to go to the other regions and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and bring more fruit to the master. Right? So what he was saying is whenever opportunity shows up, I need somebody praying for me that I can maximize that opportunity. Because somewhere in that an opportunity, somewhere in that opportunity is contained an opportunity for me to minister to somebody. So it's not about me just getting a new car. It's about me impacting somebody for eternity. See, so what I recommend is in this season, we all start praying for each other. Amen. That God opened up our eyes, that we could see opportunities, that we could handle our adversaries, and that we then can give glory to God as we embrace those opportunities. Praise Amen? Amen? Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray yes. that you open up the eyes of our understanding. Father, let this not just be a message. Let not, let not this just be sharing of wisdom. But Father, I pray that you open up all of our eyes and the eyes of our understanding that we might be able to embrace the wisdom, that it might become personal life wisdom for our journey. We give you the glory for it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. One of the benefits that this local church does is we put our messages on the internet. So two weeks ago I started this message. I'm not going to focus on the points I shared before. Uh, so I would recommend, if you were not here two weeks ago, that you go on the internet, calvaryny.org, calvaryny.org, and you listen to it. I think it would really bless you. I listened to, to it again myself, just because I wanted to hear the points again. And many times when I'm speaking here, I don't, actually don't have it written down. Actually, I'm getting a fresh download, so as I'm sharing it with you, I'm getting it too. So sometimes I have to stop a moment and just listen and say, whoa, Vic, that was for you, man. Yeah, I, I, it really impacts me. So sometimes I have to listen to the message again just for my own self because of the journey I am walking through as his child, as, as a believer in Christ. Amen? So we, we mentioned that there is a, a great door of opportunity for us in the year 2013. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I know we're walking into as, as the Lord gives us life and health is that as we get our new property, we're going to be established and rooted in this community in a deeper and greater way. So whenever you're rooted in a community, there's a greater level of anointing that comes upon you, a greater level of authority, and also a greater level of influence. So uh, you need to get ready to be a person of influence. Say to never you have to be a person of influence. Whereas most people are getting influenced, it's time that you become influencers. So as we... we uh, buy our, our property, we come in and, and we start advertising to the community and let them know that we're here. People are going to come from all over the place and they're going to start receiving Bible studies. They're going to uh, start getting ministered to. Families are going to be healed. Relationships are going to be healed. Marriages are going to be healed. Um, people are going to be reconnected with Almighty God. Who's going to disciple them? Who's going to minister to them? You are. You are. Because more and more people are going to need so we're going to have to have more and more people sharing. So you need not to wait till the moment that you're needed to then start getting ready. You need to start getting ready now because God's telling you to get ready now. Well, I don't see anything. It doesn't make a difference. See it here. Anything that you see out there, somebody saw it in here first. I'm going to say it again. Because this is about to become an explosive revelation to somebody this morning. Afternoon. 
I'm doing <laughs> This is going to be an explosive revelation. Everything that was, that's out there was first in here and in here in somebody's brain. Amen. Beautiful car. Somebody had the design in his brain, in his heart. It was a passion within before somebody sees it outside. So it's the same way in the kingdom of God. God speaks to us in visions and dreams. Some of the dreams aren't the ones that you receive when you go to sleep at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night or whatever time you go to sleep. You go to sleep and then you, you, know, you ate hamburgers and from Jimbo's that night and then you have these elaborate dreams. I was thinking about that. I'm going I'm to call the Jimbo owner because I want 10% of anybody that shows up this week. No, no, think about it. Some of us, we eat something and, and it, mo- it motivates a dream that's, that's zany or crazy, right? But what God, what God does is he'll put a picture in your mind that doesn't exist on earth yet. And that's how God speaks things into the earth. He works through his body. Who is his body? Point to your neighbor so you're part of his body. When God is about ready to birth something on earth, the first thing he starts doing is he doesn't poof it on earth. You know, suddenly, boom, it's there. No, he speaks it into the heart of human beings. And make no mistake about it, when he's putting it in your heart, he's also putting it on somebody else's heart. But they're just seeing it from a different angle. God will show the multifaceted diamond, but he won't show it to just one person. He'll show you one facet of it. He'll show somebody else another facet, and another facet, and another facet. Problem is now, not so much a problem, is the nature of the way things are created, is that once somebody dreams something, Another person has to start creating it first by talking about it, then drawing it so that others can see it. That's how God gets things from the spirit realm to the earth realm. So you have a designer, he'll listen to you, and you'll say, I, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this. He'll say, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Is it like this? Ah, a little different. Uh-huh, okay, okay. Even in the police department, they have that. If you, you know, somebody's rob some from you, remember their face, they'll sketch out the person, but they can't get the sketch unless you tell them what to put on the sketch. Okay? You can't etch a sketch un- unless first God etches the sketch up here. Amen. You got it? So what happens is, God speaks to you in visions and dreams, He speaks to you in pictures, He speaks to you in panoramas. And then suddenly you say, whoa, I, I, that's, that would be great. And what most people don't understand is when God puts something on your heart, He intends for you to make it happen on earth. And then He'll help you by His Spirit. But most of us think, oh, that's beautiful, but I can't, I'm nobody, I can't do anything like that. I wish somebody would make this happen. No, hello, He's given it to you. You now have to start talking about it. You now have to, start, have to start writing it out. You have to start drawing it out, mapping it out, or speaking to those that can map it out. When God would speak to the prophets of old, they had somebody called a scribe. So everything the prophet would speak, there was somebody there writing. Praise God for the scribes, because we have the Bible today. Amen. And then not only that, you have the original scribes, and then a couple of hundred years later, they had to take the books that were old and tattered and worn out and then open up the page and start writing it all over again. So another generation of scribe will make a brand new book out of the old book. So they were able to conserve the original literary genius of that first generation. See, so some of the scrolls we have today are not original scroll, scrolls. They were scrolls written from older scrolls, scrolls. And there were people that were called of God and all they did most of their adult life was write. 
They would go, take the page. Thus saith the Lord through Jeremiah. That was their ministry. It's amazing how ministries vary. See, but in this generation, who is doing the dreaming? Who is doing the scribing? God has called us to do the dreaming and the scribing and the writing and the speaking. We are his mouthpiece. Whenever you're about ready to build something, you ever went to carpentry school or you ever did anything with your hands, gardening or anything? Anybody here? You do, you'd like to do some physical things? Hey, you, you, you 360 generation, man. You, you don't do anything anymore. You just go, and it's done. The computer does it for you. You know, that, that can create... The old days, it was fun. We used to carve the wood and, you know, the silly putty. Remember silly putty? Play-Doh. I loved Play-Doh. <laughs> Suddenly I got a bird. You, you, we used to create things, but now, you know, this computer sometimes takes away, zaps from us the creativity. Although there are people that use computers and they also map out and draw out, uh, what do you call them nowadays, graphic designers? And they, they do beautiful things in computer. So God is speaking to his people today. And sometimes we mistake it as a notion. Yeah, that'd be great. I wish somebody would make it happen. He's speaking to you. He's showing it to you. But he's also showing it to somebody else and somebody else. So when you get together and you talk about it, whoa, I saw it this way, I saw it this way. So you start making it happen here on earth. And it's hard work, but once you make it on earth, God gets the glory, the people get the benefit, but you also get the benefit. The congregation gets the benefit. Your family gets the benefit. Praise God. This is why in the year 2013, one tidbit of insight I'm going to give you now, corporations are looking for visionaries that are able to translate ideas and dreams into reality. They're able to make the process happen. They don't want to hear your excuse. They don't want to hear how much it costs. They don't want to, they want to hear um, you know, how hard it is. I'm just being straight with you. They just want it done. Yeah, but before 10 of us used to do it, now they only got three of us doing it. Yes, you're absolutely right. And it's a lot harder work. Yes. And those are the people they're going to hire. And guess what? We can do it. The thing is, us Americans, we've been used to doing things in a lazy way. While people in other parts of the world are working hard for a penny a day or a penny a month. I got no amens on that one. We, with our fat union salaries, and don't get me wrong, I got a union salary. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm enjoying it. But the truth of the matter is, if they tell me to do more with less, I will. Because I understand that we have been, in the 90s, uh, wow, we were given a lot of benefits. So we need to see things in perspective today. In the old days, you wanted to eat, you got up at 3.30 in the morning, went to the field, and you looked at the field, and you envisioned, here I'm going to put corn, here I'm going to put kumquats, here I'm going to put this, here I'm going to put that, whatever it was. And then, after you saw it finished here, then you proceeded to work it out there. How? Hard work. Get the oxen, start plowing the land, and you had no guarantees because a flood could have come, a hurricane could have come, but you worked your land. And out of the work you put in the land, that's what you got out of the land. Oh, all right, I'm in good shape. Now I got one amen. Anything from zero is good. <laughs> You see, so what God is saying to you, 2013, we're going back to that. 
He's going back to his visionaries. He's going back to those that know how to see a thing and, and, and pray it into, into existence and work it into existence. Amen. Speak it into existence. Write it into existence. Labor it into existence. Hallelujah. When everybody else is complaining, there are going to be people that are going to create the things that we need in the year 2013. Not just on a Sunday, but also Monday through Saturday out there in the workplace, in their communities, in their jobs. So there's a lot of opportunities. Say to your neighbor, there's a lot of opportunities, but there are a lot of adversaries. So in order to, to get this done, I shared various points. We need a new awareness. You need to change who you are. Change, change your thinking. Your thinking, you got stinking thinking. You, nothing's good going to come out of it. You have to stop thinking the way in the past and start thinking the way God thinks. God creates things that are not as though they were. And you have to start seeing where God is taking you and start activating, activating it. Amen. By action. Another thing is new relationships. Some of our relationships are terrible. We, we belong to the complainers club. And we're one of the primary complainers. But God is calling us to get out of the, that pack and get into the visionary pack. The make it happen pack. The, 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 bless, the, the blessing pack. You know, the ones that are not asking, the ones that are not asking for blessings, the ones that are being the blessing. See, when you first come to Christ, that you're at the beginning rung of the ladder. The beginning rung, rung of the ladder is you understand he's a blesser, so you start asking for God's blessing. As you grow, you realize that the higher rung is the you bless other rung. Because what you sow is what you reap. So when you start doing for others, even if they don't appreciate it, even if they don't understand it, even if they don't care about it, you're sowing into your better future. Hallelujah. Amen. When I was 15, I knew I was nowhere, going nowhere. I was nothing. I was never going to be anything. I knew that at 15. But then I came to church and they started talking to me about the gospel of Jesus Christ. How Christ loved me. How he wants to make me a child of his. And I came to Christ. I started hearing what the word said for me. And I started realizing, you know, who I'm going to be is really not who I'm supposed to be. Because God wants me to be somebody much higher than what I was taught because of circumstance, because of family, because of past, because of what I inherited from, you know, the knuckleheads in my, you know, past. So I realized, little by little, I started disconnecting from the knuckleheads, and I started connecting with the visionaries. And I started walking with the eagles, and I left the turkeys. Amen. And I've been soaring ever since. Hallelujah. Praise God. So new friendships, new contacts. You need to be very sensitive because they're coming to you and you need to see them as a blessing. You know, one of your blessings this year might be a very difficult boss that will push you, push you, push you because you don't like to be pushed. Because you don't like authority. No man going to tell me what to do. Uh-uh. You didn't tell me what to do. I'm sorry. And he goes, well, there's the door. Bye. In other words, you're going to learn submission. And God's going to continue to put you under people that are going to be hard-line folk, exaggerated folk, because he's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to get you out of a perspective that is stealing from you your better future. And submission is not a bad word. It's only a bad word if you submit it to the wrong crowd. Victor, that was good, man. Wow, man. Woo-wee. How you doing? Man, that was good, man. Praise God. Yeah, you, gotta get out. you can't be submitted to the wrong crowd. But when you submit to God, when you submit to His Word, when you submit to godly people, I'm submitted to people. My pastor calls me from time to time, he'll let me have it. 
They'll tell me, I don't want you with that. I saw you with those pastors over there. I want you with those. Why, pastor? Because they... Oh, okay. Done. Consider it done. I'm out of there. Because I know he has my better future. You know, he wants me to have a blessed future. So he watches. And if he sees I'm with the wrong crowd, he'll... You know? And even... I, I, you know what, what blows me away? Sometimes I'm with pastors and he says, that's the wrong crowd. You think that just because they're pastors, they're good pro- Some Some pastors aren't doing the right thing. There's some bad Christian community out there. So the Bible says you'll know them by your fruit, by their fruit. So if I see their fruit is unrighteous, I don't care what their title is. I'm not going to hang around with them. It's not about titles, about how you live. So I've had to learn. I've had to do a lot of submitting, a lot of repenting. I've made a lot of mistakes. But you learn from it. You go on. You move on. So new, I need a new contact, new relationship. I need new, um, a new commitment. We need new disciplines now. The disciplines of old don't work anymore. Throw what you know out the window in terms of the old stuff because God is bringing us to some new things and we're going to have to submit and discipline ourselves to submit ourselves to new things that God is bringing us to. If we used to pray 15 minutes, now he's going to have us pray half an hour or 45 minutes. If we used to read the word one time a week, he's no, no, now you've got to read it every day. It's a higher discipline, higher level of, 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 of consciousness in your relationship with Almighty God. Hallelujah. Because if you don't, you're going to get picked off. Because loners get picked off. The people in the back of the crowd, you know, the ones in war, the ones that get, that get picked off are the ones that first come on the scene and the back ones. The ones that are in the back, usually the older ones, the, the ones that don't run as fast, they're the ones that get picked off. So you have to be quick in God in this season. Be quick to respond. Be quick to obey. Be quick to get sensitive in relationship. Amen. And I find a lot of our relationships um, are limited and hindered because of ego. We have to be right all the time. And one thing I've learned in relationship is I cannot be right all the time. It's impossible. Because I'm not right all the time. Sometimes I'm wrong. And only those who understand that and can submit to each other are going to have awesome, vibrant relationships. And, and, it, and it also moves into your relationship with Christ because you don't want to be submitted to Christ. You want to do whatever you want, but you, yet you still want His blessing. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking general now. Yeah, many people don't want to be submitted to Christ. They want to live whichever way they want to. God says you can't do that. Well, I don't really think He's saying that. And today, today society is trying to change the Word of God. With all due respect, God says what it means, and He means what He says. Don't try to change God's Word. But they're trying to push the Bible into a pattern that it doesn't belong. No, if God said it, I'm going to submit to that. I don't care what you say. I don't care. Well, really, that was for the old folk years and years ago. No, no, no. Principles of God are eternal. Now, there are... There were laws, sanitary laws, dietary laws uh, that the Jewish people follow. We no, we no longer have to follow because we have our own generational understanding. We, we understand uh, um, diet in a different way. We eat differently. We dress differently. I'm not going to come Sunday with a smock. I don't care how fancy it is. You're not going to see me with a smock. I'm not going to go to work with a smock. I'm not going to do it. Uh, you know, we dress differently. Imagine me, you know, Boy, waking up in the morning, going to work with a, with a, you know, one of those frocks that they used to wear in the Old Testament. Come on, like that, right? Might as well put the beard on and the long hair too, right? And walk around like this. <laughs> I'll be fired that very same day. They're different, you know. Times change, but the principles never change. Thou shalt not murder. 
Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not this, thou that. That's, it's just pretty plain and clear. Amen. So, you know, the, the, we, we have to submit ourselves to the Word of God. And, and I don't care if he's not doing it, she's not doing it. It's irrelevant. I'm doing it. I want to be obedient to God. Because the bottom line is, we're all going to go before God. We're all going to bow before the Lord. And it's either going to be bowing blessing or bowing a curse. The worst thing in the world is bow before Jesus that day and know that you, all your life, say, I'm going to do it my way. I don't care what the Word says. I don't care what that. Because that day, you're not going to have to say a word. Because he sees right through you. He knows your life. There's a, it, as it were, it might be like a big TV might flash. And suddenly, boom, you'll see your whole life in front of you. I'd rather go before God says, Lord, you know I tried my best. I did my best. And when I messed up, I repented. I won't even have to say that. God will know. He'll say, good and faithful servant. He'll just know it. Because he does. We could fool each other. And we do a good job of it. We know pretenses. We know how to fix our face up. We know the makeup. We know the style. We can, we can dress Christianese. We can talk Christianese. We can act Christianese. We can comb our hair Christianesely. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, it doesn't make a difference what you dress or how you talk. I mean, you could pray the most fanciest prayers, and yet in Scripture, it shows... A Pharisee, which by the way was a teacher of the law, praying, God, I thank you that I'm not like him. Meanwhile, the one that's next to him is a sinner, and he's bowed over in pain. He has his, his hand to his heart, and, and he's not even looking upward. I'm not like him. I fast twice a day. I read the word every day. And all that guy is saying on his knees, saying, Father, forgive me, for I am a sinner. And then Jesus, who explained the story, he's going, he says, who do you think was the one that walked out of there justified before my presence? It was the man that was understanding who he was. Understanding he needed me. Hallelujah. So this is a time, I believe in the year 2013, we're going to see a lot more exposure. Exposure of ministers. People that thought they were all that. And some of you are going to be surprised when you see some of those that are caught. That are exposed. You're going to be surprised. Oh, I didn't think him. Or I didn't think her. Get ready. And don't be surprised. Because never, ever was they the big and bad ones. It was always the God that they served that was awesome and continues to be awesome and will always be awesome. Hallelujah. We're saved by grace, by faith. I'm not all that. Praise God. As, as a pastor, I have to do the same thing you guys do. Pray, seek God, trust the Lord. Amen. Get to know Him every day more and more in His Word and, and in relationship with Him. I have to fight devils just like you guys have to fight devils. I have to fight thoughts just like you guys have to fight thoughts. I have to choose to do practical righteousness every day. What's practical righteousness? Choose to do the right thing. I get tempted. I get tempted. And I have to choose not to go into it. Just the other day for you guys. Um, I love uh, the way AOL brings like little pieces of bochinche every day. I mean news every day. <coughs> bochinche is a Spanish word for gossip. So every day they have one screen, two, screen, three, screen, four, and the main screen for UAOL users. And they're little stories, little tidbit stories. So one says the funniest pictures of the year 2012. So I go to the screen, and indeed it was funny pictures. And they're pictures where people are, are they're, they look one way, but there's somebody behind them doing something stupid, or there may be a bird just ready to land on the head. Really, really funny things. But just underneath it, they have Maxim. 
And Maxim, for you guys, if you've ever seen in the news fans, are pictures of women. So, so I go like that and suddenly, bam, all right, did we have to go there? <laughs> so I had to choose to not keep on going down the page because it would just be one woman after another. I, listen, I'm, I'm being truthful with you. I, I live in the same world you live. So I had to choose, oh, stop, let's, let's stay up here and let's get out of here as quick as possible because this can lead to no good. Amen? Because I, I choose before God. I have to live righteous because the Holy Spirit can't flow through a d- dirty vessel. How can I get up here on Sunday if I'm messing all week long? How can I all week long be messing around then come here and expect the Holy Spirit to move through me? Not going to have, thank you, sir. I'm talking to them. They're not listening to me. See, so I have to choose every day. Practical righteousness. See, there's some things that God's not going to do for me. I'm not going to feel a heavenly hand go to my head, go, no, turn this way. It's not going to happen. I choose to do this. Praise God. Amen. I learned many years ago. Uh, I forgot who it was. A pastor told me. He says, the first look is free. Second look. You got to be careful. In other words, if I'm walking, I see a pretty girl. Wow, nice pretty girl. And if I turn around again, that's, whoa, whoa, mama, whoa. I, I, I got to watch out. I, I'm, I'm treading on, da- I'm treading on dangerous. Not for you ladies. I know you ladies don't do that. It's only the guys that do that. Deacon Dennis, are you hearing what you're, I'm hearing. <laughs> no, just the guys. I know the girls don't do that. But us guys... That's all, right? <laughs> yeah. So I have to choose. <laughs> Mind your business. Sir. I have to choose to walk in practical righteousness every day. If I see a hint of that in the workplace, I have to immediately run like Joseph ran. You guys. Just yesterday we were watching a little TV and we ran into a, a, a story where this young lady... She got, um, she's 14 years old, and she got into a relationship with a guy, and unfortunately, the guy gave her a lot of promises of, you know, love, I love you, baby, you, oh, the sun, the moon, the stars. They had a relationship. She ended up pregnant, and uh, unfortunately, she was the one that was ostracized in school, and then somebody accused her of sexting. You saw it? Sad. It was so, yeah, yesterday, and the mother, she lost her job because she worked at the school. You, You know, you have to be very careful. You know, I cannot just, I, I don't care how sweet you talk to me. I'm not going to let you drag me down the mud. So for you ladies, man, the guy could talk as sweet as he talks. But you know, wait till he puts that ring on your hand. Amen. I got to get a five too. Amen. Five, amen. I'm serious. Jimbo's. <laughs> so the year 2013 there's going to be a lot of opportunities so so we have to practical righteousness father help me give me strength another area of practical righteousness is sometimes people deserve to be told off i mean some people just really deserve to be told off some people just deserve to be slapped uh, good hearty amen to that. But you need, but sometimes you need to ask the Holy Spirit right there for strength. 
because then you get dragged into something and the first thing they do is, isn't that the Christian? Always! Doesn't make a difference what religion the other one's from. Doesn't make a difference how bad they are. But the minute you expose a little bit of ire, you know, isn't that the Christian? See, now don't get me wrong, I can get upset. The Bible says get upset but sin not. In other words, I could tell a person off without footening. You don't know what a footna is? It's a four-letter words that sound like it. I don't have to do that. I can say, listen, with all due respect, I don't appreciate the way I was treated. Let me explain to you the way things are done here. And you don't have to lose your, you know, What are you laughing at? I know none of you guys do that. I know that. I just know that. I don't have to do that. Practical righteousness. Praise God. God put anger in you to get things done. Sometimes, you know, you, you don't have to tolerate stuff. Sometimes it's time to leave a place. Sometimes it's time to talk. So you get enough of that. Mm, and you share. But just be careful when you share. Another thing I recommend is before you say something, think about it. Because I've said things and that's the second I've said it, I went, Oh, yeah, The second I said it, I knew I was in the doghouse. <laughs> so think before you speak. Practical righteousness. Praise God. All right, so some of what I want to share today, uh, let's call it part two. I got ten minutes. We must continue to grow in Christ in this season. But there has to be an acceleration of growth. Because sometimes uh, uh, season will give you time to get ready. Other times, they'll say in the news, in three days we're going to experience a hurricane. Now, what's the difference between the behavior of people that know that in three months there's going to be bad weather and the people that know that in three days there's going to be a hurricane? Huh? They know they're not in a rush. Right. What about if the news tells you in three days there's going to be a hurricane? How do you behave? How do you act? What are some of the things you do? What for? What for? What for? Hmm? But, but, okay, you're worried and you buy. But what for? What are you buying stuff for? There you go. Prepare. 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 And this is what's happening. God is accelerating a switch in the heavenlies. And there's an acceleration of things that are happening now. So what you're going to see in the year 2013 is an acceleration of things. Whereas before we used to mosey our way down to getting ready. Take your time. No longer. When God gives you something, it's time to move on it. Act on it. Don't, don't, don't wait too long. Get, get it done. Because things are going to happen a lot quicker now. There's going to be an acceleration of things. There's going to be economic acceleration. I've been telling you for years, get out of debt. Now I'm telling you... Get out of debt. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, rush. Get out right away, quick. And another thing I'm telling you, don't get into new debt. I'm saying that as, serious, as seriously as I can. Get out of debt, don't get into new debt. Because there are going to be a lot of fluctuations in the market uh, this coming uh, 2013. Uh, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Uh, there's also going to be, uh, I, I'm, say, I'm seeing it within 
six months to a year. Within six months, I'm expecting, there's going to be a continued devaluation of the dollar. So expect to pay more taxes, expect to pay more for milk, expect to pay more for beans and rice and, 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 and all these other things. It's happening, it's going to happen, I can guarantee it. All right? There is a trend um, governmentally. Um, right now, our government can, you know, make their minds up what they want to do. That does not bode well. I know our president promised that uh, people from 250,000 on down are not going to get a raise in taxes. Bogus. You're going uh, to pay more taxes. And, and here's the thing. It's very surreptitious and very deceitful because what he's talking about, he's talking about federal taxes. Besides that, you have to pay state taxes. You have to pay milk tax. You have to pay gas tax. You have to pay tax tax. Tax on the tax of the tax. Uh, you save your money. You've got to pay tax on any interest you get there. In, in essence, we already pay over 50% to some form of government or some form of municipal entity. So uh, the bottom line is, is the more money you have to keep after you get paid, in other words, I don't have to pay now my, my, my friend Citibank, my friend ChemBank or Chase, my friend uh, Capital One, my friend American Express. See, if I don't have to do that, I can keep my money and invest it in my mortgage, in my milk, in eggs and you understand my wife and I practice this and it's worked out very well for us if we have to use our card we pay it back right away we pay it within the month we pay it within a week within two weeks this way we don't pay him a thing how much you paid uh, last year in credit card expenses what's that it's called zero and we use them there are ways to use them and not pay them. All right? So whatever you do, make sure you can afford it. Pay right away. Otherwise, try not to get into new debt. It's not going to help out. The year 2013 is a time to be frugal. Say this with me, frugal. frugal. And what will happen is you'll be at peace. You won't have to go through stresses that other people are going through. You don't need that. You don't need that in this day. You need to be streamlined in this day. All right? So this is another thing. We need to grow in the Lord, grow in our financial discipline. I know this does not uh, bring a, forth a lot of praise God, amen, glory to God, uh, a, a lot of amens. You know why? We've been brainwashed. TV teaches us to consume, consume, consume. We are like, you know that, uh, I'm exposed my age. Waka, 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 waka. What's that? Yay, somebody knows. <laughs> yeah, we're like the waka, wakas. What do you call them things? The Pac-Mans? We're like a Pac-Man. Everything see we, right? Everything we see, we consume. Wow, I like that. Waka, waka, waka. Wow, the commercial. Waka, waka, waka. And then you go, waka, waka. We're, we're waka, waka all over the place. And the store owners, they're loving it. They think, they come to my store, waka, waka, all day long. No, we got to hold back from that. No more waka, waka. Now it's investing. Investing, investing, investing. I recommend this year, um, wait a little longer, I'll, I'll tell you when to start getting into it, start investing some of your money uh, in silver and gold, a little bit of it, maybe 10% of it, but best, I don't have any, well save, what a novel thought, instead of spending it all, keep some, it's amazing, you put $5 away every week, oh, but then that means I can't go to uh, uh, get my latte, my triple latte, fudge, fudge minkle latte. Well, get, well, don't have it. Have a Dunkin' Donuts. Have water. Bodega coffee. 
<laughs> McDonald's. Go to Jimbo's. <laughs> no, no, what, what happened is, is as your dollar goes down, gold maintains its, its level of value because it's not connected to the dollar. It's a it's, uh, it's, um, universal e- economy. And it's, it's a hard asset. So what will happen is as the dollar goes down, gold goes up. Right now, gold is around $1,600 an ounce. What you'll do is you invest in a little bit of it, uh, maybe one hundredth of an ounce, uh, little coins, uh, some bullion, little bullion like that. A little bit at a time. What will happen is as your dollar goes down, the gold will go up in value. Later on, you can sell it and get more dollars for it. It's a strategy, and uh, you know, all the rich people are doing it. The body of Christ should be on top of that. Anybody heard of Joseph in the, in, in the kingdom? Yeah. Joseph was able to take um, assets. He was able to make investments in a place where when they went through seven years of famine, they were continuously prospering. And they were able to feed other nations. God wants his people in the same position where we are hearing him, hearing the economy. There are so, something called the sons of Issachar in the scripture. The Bible says they knew the, the signs, the times, and the seasons. So they knew how to invest. They knew how to behave according to season. So you need to start, you, you need to become students of seasons. Amen. And the season of 2013 going on is going to be maybe two or three years of frugality. It's not going to be a time like in the 90s, the roaring 90s, where anything you did prosper. You buy a house, you can flip it in two months for $200,000. No, that's not going to be the time and season. So, so really start studying that. You want to talk to me a little more about that afterwards? In the coming weeks, uh, I'll let you know what I'm doing. All right. You need to have a new love for God's presence and word because God's going to be speaking, and he always is, but he's going to be speaking a lot, and it's going to be stuff that we need for the year 2013. Psalms 119, verse 9 through 16. Psalms 119, verse 9 through 16. It says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. See, David said, I seek you with my whole heart. Now we have a heart. My whole heart, with all of my heart. Let, not, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart. So you notice, how do you hide God's word in your heart? You memorize it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There are verses I have memorized. So I have God's word hidden in my heart. Nobody else does it. Uh, you do it. Amen. David did it, and God blessed David. Right. Amen. Then it says here, um, I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as in all riches, I will meditate on your precepts. See, his focus more than riches was God's precepts. Now he was a very rich man. David gave an offering to the church that Solomon was going to build. You know what his offering was? Half a billion dollars. So he was a very rich man. But he meditated not on the riches. He meditated on God's precepts. I will contemplate on your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Another thing we need is a clean heart. Psalms 51.10. Psalms 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. A lot of things in life come to sully and dirty 
your heart, your thinking. So let God clean your heart. Enter into the year 2013 with a clean heart. Yeah, but I did a lot of horrible things. Let God cleanse you. And part of that cleansing is forgiveness. You need to learn, let God forgive you and you need to learn to forgive yourself. I'm going to say that again. You need to learn to allow God to forgive you and then you need to forgive yourself. Amen. I'm going to say it the third time. Amen. You need to learn how to forgive yourself. Yeah, you did that. But everybody else did something too. We all have skeletons in the closet. But you know what I did with that closet? I sold the home. Cleaned the closet out, sold the home. Now I don't have to worry anymore about that. Yeah, but people know, I don't care. Because once God cleanses me, my conscience is now clear and I can move on. Yeah, but those people, but they're, they're stuck in their own mess. They don't want to advance. They don't care. They love their mess. Leave them in their mess if they want to be there. I mean, you love on them. No, no, we're not going to leave. We're okay, then stay there. You know what Jesus says? If you give them love and they refuse it, go like this. Clean the dust off your sandals and keep on walking. You try to bless them. They don't want to be blessed. So, well, I'm on standby. Whenever you want to call me, whenever you're ready to come on, I'll come back. But for now, I'm moving on. Because I have a purpose. Amen. How is it? Praise God. You have a purpose. You can't get stuck with other people. Move on. Say, say, say to your neighbor, move on. Glory to God. Don't be ego driven. The year 2013 is not a time to be ego driven. The world is ego driven. Hollywood is ego driven. You ever seen these people like peacocks? You know, they're strutting their stuff like peacocks. They don't even walk normally. Who walks like that, you know? And they want their picture taken. Everything has to be so perfect. But yet when you see their personal life, they're a mess. Because it's all ego-based. It's all ego-driven. That's not what a kingdom citizen does. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm moved by faith. I'm moved by the purpose of God in me. I'm not, I don't, I'm not moved by ego. The world self-promotes. I don't have to self-promote myself. I know who I am in Christ. And I come to serve, do my best. I'll do my, I'm going to let my actions speak for me. Amen. Praise God. So at the job, that's what I do. I don't go around tooting my horn. <laughs> hey, you want it done, you come to me. I'll do a better job than that guy, than that guy. I'm the man. I'll be the man. Not me. I'm just going to show up and do it. Amen. While everybody else is talking, I'm busy. Getting it done. Getting it done. Getting it done. Amen. Sir, here it is. Done. Ma'am, here it is. Done taken care of and after a while people see the difference between the talkers and the doers so don't be a talker be a doer praise God Jeremiah 10 2 said this do not learn the way of the Gentiles and do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven for the Gentiles are dismayed at them so I'm not going to be dismayed at the way the Gentiles are dismayed I'm not going to do it I'm going to serve the Lord I'm not going to learn their ways. I'm going to learn God's ways. So be careful of this. Be careful of a spirit of fear and intimidation this year coming in. Don't let people intimidate you anymore. Be at peace. Do your best and people criticize you. Uh, people try to intimidate you. Don't be intimidated. So listen, I'm at peace. I'm doing my best. Uh, you know, whatever has to happen, has to happen. But I'm here. Um, I'm at peace. Whatever you need, 
If you don't appreciate my work, if you don't appreciate who I am as an individual, it's all good. I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for your peace. I don't wish you any evil. You know, in other words, I'm not going to go tete-a-tete with them. I'm not, well, are you talking to me? Yeah, you talking to me? Are you talking to me? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get into that. Listen, you, you have your issues. I understand. Everything's all good. What are you going to do? You're leaving your chicken? Listen, rather be a live chicken than a dead duck. But sometimes it's better to just walk away. Really, really. The young man in me would want to say, well, you talk to me? Let's go for it right now. You know the way we are, right? But that does not bring forth the glory of God. Plus, it doesn't teach the knucklehead something. Sometimes it takes a bigger man or a bigger woman to teach that person. Because they're so used to that. They pick at you because they expect you to come back at them. Because they just want to make a scene. They just want to bring you down. Oh, you're not all that. Watch, watch. I'm going to pick. Hey, hey, hey. And when you get back, you see, I told you, they're just like me. But if you turn around and say, no, we're not going to get into that. It's all right. I'll be praying for you or whatever it is that you, the wisdom of God gives you. They're going to look and go, oh, that's right. You better leave. Yeah. Man, I feel stupid now. They didn't, they didn't react the way I thought it was. You, you understand? Be bigger than them. Right. And watch how God will work even on their hearts and show them something in that process. Stop focusing on your weaknesses because it will blind you to your gifts. Yeah, but I'm not, I have nothing good. Wrong! Dig deeper. You're amazing. You're special. You're unique. You're precious. And 2013 needs you to be just that. Refuse to listen to criticism of others who only look at your weakness. If somebody doesn't see anything good in me, you think I want to hang out with them? If you can't celebrate me, I don't need to be with you. I'm going to celebrate you. I expect you to celebrate me. I got, I got four praise God tonight. No, serious. You know what? We're so used to having people criticizing us that we almost feel comfortable in that. Get away from that. That's not a good thing. I'm only going to relate people that, that want to, that, that see some value in me. Praise God. And, and you have great value to me and I want to be, I'd rather be with you than hang out anywhere else. Praise God. So celebrate each other. Oh, and, and, and the last thing to be careful for, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Stop that. It's dangerous. It's no good. There's nobody that's supposed to be like you. So there's nobody you could compare yourself to. You have to go to God and let God show you the picture of who you are. Who He created you to be and that's what you compare yourself with. Praise God. Amen? I'm I'm starting to land. And and, and everybody said amen. No, no, I'm, I'm genuinely just about finished. Live by principles, not by circumstances. Because there's a lot of circumstances that are going to happen. Don't be a gazer of circumstance in this year. Because things are going to come and go. Economies are going to rise and fall. Um, we're going to have more, earthqua- more earthquakes, more funny weather. This is just going to be the norm for the next couple of years. So don't get amazed, dazzled at that. Live by principle. Be a, be a man of faith, a woman of faith when things are good. Be a man of faith, a woman of faith when the refrigerator is full. Be a man of faith and a woman of faith when the refrigerators are empty. In the middle of the hurricane, be a man and woman of faith. You have the, the, the fear on the inside, but still be courageous. In the middle of a hurricane, God, I worship you. Lord, I'm afraid, but I'm going to worship you. I'm going to honor you. I'm not going to fall apart. Amen. I, I, I speak to the situation. Father, I speak your peace. Praise God. In other words, in the midst of that, you can continue to be a man, woman of faith. And lastly, be doers of the word. 
Doers, doers, doers. Not actors, doers. In, in Mark 5:28, there was a lady who uh, suffered a, a flow of blood for 12 years. It couldn't stop. And she went to all the doctors. She was worried. She had no strength. But she heard about Jesus. She heard his word. And she says, you know, uh, I need this man. I need, I need to be healed. And she, somehow or another she heard that if, if somebody touches Jesus, that she could be healed. So she set out to do that. So when she got to Jesus, there were so many people around him. There were thousands, literally thousands of people around him. So there was no way for her to touch Jesus. But a doer goes beyond what they see in the natural. A doer continues to do even though he sees contrary winds or contrary circumstances and situations. So she started making her way in and the people kept on pushing her out and she kept on making her way in. And you know, a lot of thou you know, thousands of people around Jesus trying to touch him. Um, we know that because Jesus told that to uh, the disciples. And the disciples responded to Jesus. Jesus, everybody's touching you. In other words, they were all over him. Everybody wanted a touch from Jesus. But she was all the way on the outside. But the doer said, you know, I've got to touch him. I, you know, I can't live this way anymore. And you know, sometimes circumstances bring to you to the point where you say, I can't live this way anymore. And that's a good time because somewhere along the line you develop or out of you comes a strength that you didn't know you have. And you push and you press and you break through the normal way you respond to things and you grab onto God no matter what. Amen. This woman started pushing people out of the way, people two times her size, people bigger with more weight. She just started pushing people away, jumping over people, going under people. Finally, she gets to Jesus and she just reaches out and touches the hem of his gar garment and instantly power went from him into her body and she was instantly healed. And the moment, the moment she touched them and power came out, Jesus went like this, who touched me? Who touched me? Which was ridiculous because everybody was touching him. And when he said it, you know when you have a crowd, you know it's very loud. You know you can't hear each other. Yet all the disciples heard Jesus say, who touched me? Which means he didn't say, who touched me? He probably went, who touched me? Because they had to hear him in the midst of thousands of people. Who touched me? Uh, Jesus, they're all touching you. The throngs are thronging you. <laughs> they said, no, no, somebody touched me with faith. Because I perceive that virtue has come out of me. So it is possible in the midst of the multitude that you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and say, no, something's got to happen and I'm going to go beyond what I've normally done. I'm going to go beyond. Hallelujah. I'm going to take this one step farther. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to be a doer, not just a talker, not just a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she pressed through and instantly virtue came from him. And you know, it's interesting. That virtue could have touched all 5,000 people at one time. Because there's no limit to the virtue. Virtue is another word for power. But yet, virtue went when she touched Because she was moving by faith. Faith will do for you what talent can't. Faith will do for you what your friends will never ever do. Faith will do for you what you yourself can't in the natural it takes you from your natural to your supernatural. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as doers, based on his word, 
walking by faith, acting by faith, you know, believing God. You start going into the year 2013 with expectation. Virtue is going to come from the heavenlies and it's going to be imparted to you and then imparted through you. So let, let every prayer from this moment on be a prayer with faith. Mix what you do with faith. And what will happen is your natural will become supernatural. Go to work by faith. Wake up in the morning by faith. In your relationships by faith. Praise God. Your responses by faith in God, in His Word. And watch how God will do miracle after miracle after miracle in your life in this new year, 2013. Opportunities. There's going to be a lot of them. But there are also going to be adversaries. But we're going to pray for each other. And we're going to see the opportunities. And we're going to move by faith. We're going to enter into our inheritance. Yeah.